Hey, before we start the show, just wanted to let you know that No Inner Monologue is available on all your favorite podcast providers. And now on YouTube. Don't forget to check us out on social media at No Inner Pod on Instagram and Twitter and No Inner Monologue on Facebook. Now, enjoy the show. Previously on No Inner Monologue. As the only white guy in the room, we actually don't all look alike. Hey, well, like, how That's am I a supposed fucking to know lie. which one is which? <laughs> <laughs> From the Seven Ish Studios in Mississauga, Ontario, it's the No Inner Monologue podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 86 of the No Inner Monologue podcast. Did I get it right? I got it right. Yeah, you did. Two in a row. I've done it, guys. Oh, boy. I think we can go home now. A broken clock is right at least twice a day. Yeah, but this is two weeks. (laughs) So (laughs) your information is incorrect, sir. (laughs) No, it's not. You know, I just looked at I just looked at the (laughs) the clock from last week that I had set up for the podcast to see how long we're running and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't stop it. Yeah. So I'm now at 167 hours. So since we did the podcast According to your phone there, yeah. you're still on episode 85. Yes. I might be on episode one. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it all depends. Uh, on some me. some weeks it feels like it's it still. Does. Yes. <laughs> so as you can hear, sitting across from me is um, the Irish Stallion, Joey Mangione. I kind of, it's, it's weird because I don't even know if Ireland has horses. Doesn't matter, but that works. Oh, they did during the Game of Thrones set. <laughs> they were shooting Game of Thrones there. They had it for a good like eight years. Are you sure they weren't in Scotland. No, nope, it was Ireland. Okay. That one I know for sure. <laughs> Just had to make sure. No, no, it was Ireland. <laughs> Nobody can do anything in Scotland. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you may notice that we're after a full house last week. We're sort of back to being quiet again. Well, they're. They needed some time together. I mean, they finally saw each other after so long. I know. And it was like, you could cut the tension with the end of a porno movie. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them just couldn't, couldn't keep like, their hands like off each other. Like the very end of the like movie? The ver- like pre-credits, post. <laughs> so that awkward moment before the thing's actually fully finished. Yes, yes. Well, not awkward moment. That moment where they just decide at the end of the at the uh, end of the movie to completely forget that it's like any kind of set. You and never so notice the end of every porn ends with like them breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> looking directly at the camera. <laughs> wow, I've never made it that far in those movies at all. <laughs> I get to a certain point, it's like, well, I'm done. Well, those credits were great. <laughs> Hey man, I have to sit through the whole credits. It's just a thing, you know. Um, just on a side, I, I blame the MCU for that. Yes. Really, <laughs> I keep waiting for that post-credit scene. Porn post-credit scene that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Just <laughs> that in the would middle, be, that would be magical. Um, just on a side note, I yeah. recently watched the f- like the not just clips, but the actual like Kim Kardashian porn video that she made the sex tape thing like the one where she was like that yeah so i argue made her over the edge of famous yes yes okay so i i recently watched it because it was we have an android box at home and they it has channels that does that one have a title like you know paris hilton's i think it's called kim k superstar that notch i don't think i know it's called kim k superstar that's not as creative as paris's i think at the time 
a lot of people couldn't spell Kardashian. We live in a world where we couldn't spell Kardashian. So Kim K Superstar was the no, easiest way to get it. Spell everybody Kardashian. knows how to spell it. Except me. <laughs> I couldn't even well, begin. But that's just but of a spelling and That's just because <laughs> I don't know how to spell. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. But I recently watched it. And, and legitimately, I think you could just play that on HBO now and it would be fine. <laughs> I don't think it's a sex tape. There's at least So you're saying it's like a Skinamax video? No, dude, there's there's I'm I'm gonna go I will legitimately say there is ninety percent of it is Ray J talking to the camera, bragging about his directorial skills. But he's talking to the camera. Like he's literally like turning it around on himself and talking. Like he's basically vlogging. Well, that's and, not how you direct a movie. <laughs> but he's basically vlogging about how his directorial skills do they're not very good because you can see the strap of the camera in it all the time. Oh, it's Takes upsetting. It and in the middle of the movie, there's 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 literally a black screen that shows up that says, one year later. <laughs> wow. No, I don't know why it's why we needed that information. <laughs> <laughs> to, to know that time has passed, you know. Did, like, why, though? <laughs> to... To show that they've grown as people? I, I don't guess. know, man. I, I, by the way, by the time that, at the point of that one year later, there's been no sex. So they're just on some vacation. So, okay, there's, so it doesn't start with sex. No. It Not just, that I know. I, granted, I I mean, I joined in the middle, but like where where it was, because it's a live stream. I wasn't like, I didn't actually actively look at it. Somebody was it. live this streaming this thing? No, because it's on, I have an Android box and an Android box has various right, different right. channels. So when you're flipping through channels, all of a sudden you see it and you're like, oh, well, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this. I have to then. watch this yes. now. But yeah, <laughs> like, so at the point where I started it, right. they were on vacation, they were by a pool. He's been, he's just, he's, I mean, there's a scene where he's literally like, he's like, what do you think this looks like? And he's got the camera propped up to see like, but they're, everyone's fully closed. Kim's like writing. Oh, like I, she's in the background writing. She's. <laughs> I do not want to see any of that. <laughs> it is a, it is, I mean, this could be, this could legitimately be on HBO. Not like a good HBO show, but like <laughs> it could be on HBO, have the same right. amount of nudity. This I mean, this, I feel like little, Game of Thrones. What, Game of Thrones has a lot of dick on it now, too. From right? what you're describing, well, it's it's done, but I know yeah. what you mean. From what you're describing, Game of Thrones has more nudity, definitely more sex. There might be, you know, the similar amount of nudity. So Less what you're plot. telling me is I've seen more of Amelia Clark than of Kim Kardashian. In. When you compare movie, when you compare movies, yes, because Kim Kardashian's been naked since and fair enough things i'm since, just talking but, yeah. strictly of these yeah two. yeah wow yeah on that point to emilia clark and and Dra- and drago you know how now everybody looks back at them and they're like couple goals yeah yeah they were Didn't a like cup? straight up raper in the like, first couple of episodes <laughs> It's the same people do the the thing for Joker and Harley <laughs> Quinn. Yeah, okay, fine. But like, but most people, okay, but here's the thing. There's many different texts when it comes to Joker and Harley Quinn. Like you watch, there's the animated series, there's the comics, there's the thing. You probably don't know all of that. But if you know the straight up Drago and and um, Khaleesi, then you, you've seen how that relationship started. You, chances are have not one of these people read the book. Uh, she was sold. Yeah, <laughs> she was just like she was just handed over his property, and he, you I, know. I think people get confused by the what 
by how they are in person now. Like when when well, no, when, after like yes, it it's a very tense and awkward beginning. But <laughs> wow, that's to put it lightly. <laughs> I'm trying to tread light. Well, I don't have creepy Uncle Manny yeah. here, so I have to really tread lightly because yeah. whatever I say turns me into creepy yeah. cousin Joe. Yeah. We don't need that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I I always make I always laugh at that. I'm like, there's like the, the the one of the first scenes of her like naked is she's crying as she's having sex, and everyone's like, yes, that's what that's I want. What I <laughs> that's like now, if you know, like, <laughs> oh man. People are so weird at that show. <laughs> that's so fucking, that's fucking brutal. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're not laughing at the rape part, just so we're No, clear. no, we're, we're not. We're laughing at people's weird reactions. Oh, dude, it. that's the craziest thing about that show, though, is yeah. that it starts off like that, and then their whole relationship takes this weird, like, it starts off, you know, really gross. Yeah. And then they, you know, come to love each other and then he dies. So If you take out the dying part, isn't that just every James Bond relationship? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to a T. <laughs> I think James Bond is a He's James a James lot less James. rapey in the movies now. Well, yeah, the, the, he had to, you know, he's gone through sexual harassment training. <laughs> he's been a lot less. No, no, never mind. Pierce Brosnan was pretty rapey. That was the '90s, though. In the '90s, everybody <laughs> was like, "I could," you know, there's this whole like thing. I know your Pierce, sister is Pierce now. Pierce Brosnan is the last rapey blonde. <laughs> well, no, but okay. So your your, your sister is in in the states right now for the whole Friends 25. Yeah, she's there for the pop up pop up shop, which yeah. looks amazing. Seen a few awesome. people posting things about it, but there's been a lot of like with friends hitting 25 years. A lot of people have just been going like, "Oh, we need to," you know, this show is this show is uh, has not aged well, and the you know, blah blah blah. And friends in its time always had the like, everyone's really white in this version of New York City. Yep, but you can't go back to something that was made in a different time and just be like. This isn't woke enough for 2019. <laughs> well, it's the same discussion with the Apu on The Simpsons. Yeah, I, I guess the Apu. The Apu. Yeah, no, I guess the the difference the with the I, I guess the <laughs> difference with Apu is that they're in 2019 now. Like that yeah. that is it that is moved into 2019. You so they could adjust, right? Like you could want I mean, you, cartoons are weird because they stay in the time that they are but they don't. Yeah, that's right? true. Like if you if you ever, with the Simpsons, have you ever watched like whenever they do a flashback episode? Every time they do it, the because they are the same age, the years change. They just update the, the years. years. Yeah, that's why they do one like every you know, ten years. Yeah, <laughs> which they five I guess now. Yeah, <laughs> but like but, uh, but that's a weird thing with Sim- with cartoon characters. So you want them to stay the same, but then they also you no, need them but to like not. update. Yeah. But with a show that's over, <laughs> how can you expect it to be like on point? Every one of us has said shitty things like that. In the, the 90s were bad for that stuff, man. The 90s had a president who had sex in the Oval Office with women who he were not his not wife. He did not have sex. He had oral sex. And that de- def- that depends on what your definition of is is. <laughs> okay. Look, the... the Whose bit was that? I feel like the, that's a That's his bit. 
He said that. Clinton said that. that I feel like I heard that from a comedian. Every dude, everybody. To, that to was trying to get us on what we wanted. Yeah, to talk <laughs> you're just trying to switch it over. Yeah, to I'm trying to bring. Crap. I'm trying to bring us on track. <laughs> segways, man. <laughs> it was better than the other two. <laughs> okay, look. I, That's not a good comparison. Compa- yeah, yeah, like, I know that, okay. but I'm gonna just I'm I'm gonna go. You're with better it. off like actually comparing yourself to an actual Segway <laughs> device, <laughs> like the thing those people yeah. ride. <laughs> okay, awesome. At least that is a Segway. <laughs> Anyways, okay, yeah. No, I, but I I think I've heard, if not one, but many. Cause no, that was because he said it. It yeah. was so fucked that it was all you could like base it on. Yeah, because especially in the nineties yeah. with what was going on with him. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. I mean, all the presidents <laughs> had something. Fair Fucking, enough. You know, the current president slept with a porn star. He's an oompa loompa too, and he slept with a porn star. Yeah. And the president at the time, the the time period that we want to talk about, which is like the sixties, was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. Um. The seventies is the time period we're talking about. All right. But well the seventies yeah. then was um Nixon and he was just fucking America. <laughs> yeah, and no one really has anything to say about Jimmy Carter when you think about it. Jimmy Carter was just a lovable dude. He was just so nice. Just had a farm. Like <laughs> Hey, it's Jimmy Carter. He's yeah. a nice guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not wrong with Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's just a nice guy. <laughs> that's a little bit of a simpleton, I maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Jimmy Carter. All Neither I know, but do like, I. Just, I just, you look at him and you're like, all right, this guy's your neighbor. Or like Mr. Rogers' neighbor. <laughs> like, or, you know, Cousin Frank from down the street who, you know, comes over with like eggs every once in a while for whatever reason. Yeah, that's definitely your cousin. <laughs> no, that's not my cousin this. Frank. I don't live close enough to a farm. I don't know. Actually, you kind of do. Isn't Maple Lodge Farms very close by to you? Actually, yeah. Yeah, you live close by to a farm. <laughs> Weirdly enough, yeah. they do what? They do like chickens. Yeah, they like chicken products. Yeah, you know. In a brief, in a in a prior life, when I when I was a kidder, we used to go there and pick up. Uh, so yeah, I guess I do live there near a farm. There you go. Well, it's probably a guy named Frank who works there. You can work it out. Do they have eggs? I mean, if they have chickens, dude, <laughs> must have eggs. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're going to get back on track. Let's, get, let's get on track. Yes. Back on track back is not the track. right word. Well, but, yeah. compared to last week, you know. Compared to Krusty. Compared to Krusty. <laughs> have you gone to Just for Laughs yet? Uh, that is doesn't that next start week? till the 19th is the first night. Right. So I will be going. Who's the headliner you're going to see? We're actually going. Oh right, you said how how does this get? Made, how did right? this get made? We're gonna go actually see a podcast recording, which is pretty wild. Um, I haven't really had a chance to look at the forty two this year, right? But I'm really excited about going to see who's there. I mean, I've seen a whole bunch of guys like you know, Jim Norton over the years, um, uh, John Mulaney, Pete Holmes. So a lot of actually funny enough, I'm mentioning a lot of New York based comedians yeah. who got their start in New York. Any of these? Have you been? Have you seen anybody who's gotten their start at the comedy store? I'm not sure to be yeah. honest. I know Marin's coming this year. No, and he uh, started up there. Where did Hannibal get started? Hannibal sound. I I don't know where Hannibal started, but Hannibal's whole fucking vibe says New York to me. <laughs> that doesn't I mean kind of just like fucking crazy weird. So I've shit got a thing totally for New York comedians. Eh? Oh, most people do. New York's <laughs> New York's kind of the thing. Um, but we wanted to talk this week about about 
the comedy store. And it's weird. It would have been, it was one of those things because if Tash and, and Manny were here and not with each other. Um, In their own yeah. fantasy. We w- they would Do you think they're playing more. that Mariah Carey song, Fantasy? Probably. I hope so. Yeah. I hope they're at a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> Manny can't go on a roller coaster. That's true. Uh, but anyway, so I think if they were here, we'd probably, because I think you and me sort of are, bit of the comedy nerds in this in this in the amongst the four of us sort of <laughs> manny doesn't even we like who refuses to like watch it on television <laughs> he's like no it's not no, for me it's not for me i can only watch music <laughs> if i go to a concert hall and music is playing i don't like it <laughs> i don't right. like going to live wrestling events either i'm like what Okay, cool. How do you that know? I've been to him with him to a live wrestling event. It is something else, dude. He, I've been to him to a <laughs> to a sporting event, not even a live wrestling event. And you're laughing because you know this story. I don't understand how a guy can sit through an exciting game like that was. You it know, was a soccer game. Right? It was a soccer yeah. game. Yeah, sorry. And and actually, he came with me to a Leaf game once. <laughs> and same thing. Just not. You know, he was like, <laughs> he just didn't react to. Anything that happened on the like, on the, the ice, ice or the field, field of play, yeah. nothing. Yeah. I was like, dude, we just scored. Yeah, I'm like, do you not want to be here? I mean, oh, I could have no. asked. Was, when when I went to a wrestling event with him, I turn around to look at Manny. I'm looking six rows up, no reaction. Yeah, nothing. And I'm just like, no, there's no way you're so like that's you're missing why this out on cannot, this. Like, that's why he doesn't get like <laughs> comedy. <laughs> like. This could not be could not be any more blatant than what is going on right now, and it's nothing. way over his head. They could have just come in there with a picture of all of all of us and be like, "This is you guys." <laughs> See, nothing. that's why I don't. That's, this is why I think he doesn't get like going to a comedy show or like not going to a comedy yeah. show and watching on no, television. He, it's weird. He likes being at comedy shows yeah, because though. they tell you when to laugh because other people are laughing. It's probably okay. why he likes certain sitcoms because they tell you when to laugh. <laughs> well, okay. So, <laughs> Sorry to go on this so, whole well, shit. Go we're going to go back to this a little bit because he would have not liked th- They may have liked this then because we're talk- going to talk about the comedy store. So it's a lot about live comedy. Which, it's what we're talking about this whole life. <laughs> okay. Well, he's, in, he's into it. He's into, no, but this is. This that's, is that's true. He has been pretty into. Th- this week well he's pretty into this because he was, just doesn't have to do any research so <laughs> well he's not here <laughs> but comedy store is important because comedy store is more about like where a lot of comedians get their start so there's there's comedy clubs everywhere Mississippi I mean Bram, uh, Canada's got across the country yucks, and right? across the states and stuff like yeah. that yeah and you know there's all different kind of little there's dive comedy bars I went to one the day the day I got it's, engaged it's like because but, of the comedy store, some would say. A lot of these places exist. Yeah. And it's usually where play, comedians go, get their start, and then move around and whatever. But the comedy store, the, the deal with them is is that they, where are they, in uh, L.A.? Yep. Right? The original location, I believe, is on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. There's like at least like... So prime location. Yeah. There's like two or three locations, but the original comedy store is on Sunset. Yeah. And it was, and this was this place the, during its like most legendary time was run by Mitzi um, Shore, the mom of. Hey, buddy, <laughs> Polly Shore. The Witsa. <laughs> I do a bad Polly Shore yes. impression, so be prepared. Um, 
<laughs> be prepared. You already hit them. With exactly. Um, okay. It's so going to happen. It was more. run by her, and the whole idea was that you you wanted to do the comedy show because there were always scouts for like Johnny Carson's um, uh, Tonight, Tonight Show. Tonight Show, yeah. That would come check it out, and you'd get to go on Carson. And if you were on Carson, like back then, for a comedian, was massive. I saw this one thing, and it said, right. You could tell there was business people in the crowd because yeah. there would be no laughs. Right. You just hear, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's what I heard. It's like going to an SNL uh, audition. Like you never hear laughs. It's just Lauren and a, a couple of other people. And you hear a bunch of pen scratches. Yeah, you right? don't actually, he doesn't react to anything. So you don't know if it's <laughs> good or not. All you hear is this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're walking around with slabs of wood for some reason. <laughs> uh, but that was the thing, like, because back in like the sixties, seventies, eighties, all the way to the early nineties, Johnny Carson's Tonight Show was like the number one talk show on TV. Nobody would even go against it. Well, before, like, yeah, you had a handful of clubs in New York, like the Improv and stuff yeah. like that. You know, that's where guys like. Seinfeld and those guys yeah. and e- Eddie Murphy too, I believe that's where they got their start and the comedy clubs around there, but they're also a little bit late later. They're younger. They're, they're a little bit younger. younger. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're a little bit younger than the beginnings of the comedy store. So other than that, like what was in New York and the tonight show, there was Vegas right. and that was it for comedians. Yeah. And then you had like, you know, a few strip club jobs over here and that's it. But uh, they were just MCs. They used to do concerts and some, too. They would open they would up, open up concerts. concerts. Yeah, but that was it. There was not much for comedians. Like they were sort of just thrown off to the side. So a guy like Polly Shore's dad, Mitzi Shore's ex-husband, was struggling just to you know Sammy Sammy Shore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was struggling to just make ends meet. And I don't even know how he managed to get. I like ownership the, of I like of the idea of place. a guy who couldn't end, make ends meet thought opening up a comedy store would be the best way to do it. Well, it's, I mean? it's kind of like what we're doing here, yeah, really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but it's funny. But that's the thing, and it doesn't like he buys it. He does. He runs it. It's not extra. It's not. It's not what it's what it becomes. Well, it, I, the first few years of the comedy store itself, it was like a revolving door. Um, policy for the uh comedians right so they'll you know guys like you know jimmy walker yeah right he was like one of the first guys that would come in there and they just sort of walked in and it's like yeah okay i'll do a set tonight and right. that's it right it was sort of just if you show up you could you, you can go on and they were really open about that one guy that always killed there was prior yeah well i'm assuming prior killed in most rooms <laughs> oh no but i know but like yeah. that's it it's like he would just walk in there and, you know, he'd kill and then he'd walk yeah. out, right, type of thing. But, you know, there's a lot of people like that, especially coming out of this specific place, yeah. right? And then, so what? The, so the story goes that, that that Sammy goes on tour to Vegas or he goes he on a gets show? Like, he gets like a, I don't know, it was like a two-week stint or something yeah. opening in Vegas. Right. So he goes away and, you know, while he's gone... Mitzi says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll run the place for you. I'll sit. I'll 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 run the cash register." <laughs> yeah, because basically all you needed at the time was making sure you didn't go over capacity. They were they were and you, they were burning like they were losing money on yeah. the store at this. But you point, basically right? you had to make sure you didn't go over capacity. You made sure that people got drinks because usually most like, of these comedy I, bars are like a. Two I heard a story that prior 
before like Sammy goes away and stuff, heard so that Pryor may have single handedly saved that place from closing its doors right. three times <laughs> from just walking in. That's that's and that's the thing, right? Like it is funny because you kind of go to places like that. When I went to a comedy store in New York, well, not comedy store, a comedy club in New York, they sold us on. They're like, "Oh yeah, Louis C.K. is gonna be there." And I'm like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> like, they, like they, the, the, those guys are wolfing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they go around. They're trying to get tickets because, in order to get on, I think I think that's the way it works in New York. I don't know about it in L.A. or not, but in order to get on stage, you have to get a certain number of people to come in. Right. Or you go on it like the very end. <laughs> yeah. So you have to bring in a certain amount of tickets. Yeah. And then when you go to the bar, it's always like a two drink minimum or something. Otherwise yeah. you can't, they're like, it's free, but it's a two drink minimum. And then you 90% of the time go to a comedy club that you feel like you're going to get raped and murdered in. Cause I, that's most comedy. Yeah. Clubs. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, if, you, so, if you do JFL in Toronto, yeah. you, you get that vibe oh, in some places. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> but I think that was another thing to Mitzi's thing. So when she eventually took control of the place post Sammy and her getting divorced, because she got it as part of the settlement, I believe, right? Well, she kind of was running everything Anyways, even before yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But like when she got full control of it. Yeah. She like renovated it. She made it bigger. She made different rooms. Uh, it had different rooms before, well, but she made them nicer. Originally, like the, the, the really big room at the comedy store, yeah. the main room was, you know, leased out by someone else. Oh, shit. And okay. they were doing like a weekend like radio show or whatever yeah. when she was trying to do these renovations she had everybody going over to the location near ucla that was there right because they had opened the that location then after you know however many years right and so she had all these comedians like working over there and stuff so she finally worked it out that she could actually buy the lease and the, uh, the, the bigger room because she ended up buying the entire building and yeah. that other guy had like this ironclad lease that you know she couldn't get him out of right. until she negotiated with him I don't know the actual terms or anything yeah well they but ended she, up yeah she ended up buying the building and the house behind it the, yeah the building too. totally yeah so the idea with the with the club obviously was like you had your big room which was where the, the sort of the seasoned comedians would go to and you know the, your big acts would be in there like your Letterman's your Leno's yeah which had by I mean by the point when they're there I just met, I just summed up late night yeah. right there Lemon and Lennon but the idea being though that Pryor, you're, you're getting those Robin guys Williams. but they had made a name for themselves now at this point like I, yeah they're, that's they're, when they but that's those are the guys that would go there and then she had like um I was saying this to you earlier she the way she sort of groomed comedians is almost like how wrestlers are groomed in that sense <laughs> they just have to do all the dishes and cleaning and pretty much Japanese wrestlers like doing like a dojo well that was kind the thing. They of at that house behind the, the thing. store is like Japanese wrestling <laughs> for comedy right, let's go with this <laughs> this is this is what we're saying okay go with it go with it <laughs> right so it but she was like she apparently she treated like almost all these comedians like they were her own kids do you know yeah. what I mean? She, she, if but they, she, was, she was very much on them being t- reminded. They weren't getting paid. That was a big thing about Yeah, them. they were not getting paid. But their whole whole thing is is, is it, this place is nothing but exposure for yeah. you. So And that was any of the comedians that came in. That was like, every one yeah, of them. No comedian get for, paid. To a certain point, there was every one of yeah. them that walked in through that door. It wasn't about getting paid. Yeah. It was about getting 
your name out there, yeah, right? Getting your name out there, freshening up your act, and once the comedy store became like as big as it did, your chance at getting onto the Tonight Show, because that was the sell. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Because like I was saying before, like the the Tonight Show was the number one late night show in the world for any comedian. Yeah, because like it was like an hour and a half. There were some days where it was an hour and a half. Johnny would only come in like three <laughs> three nights a week at some point, um, and. The big thing was Just like you would get on there, in. everybody would see you because there were only three channels and one late night show. How's it going, everyone? Jesus here, aka Tyrant Dominus, the host of the Convoluted Podcast, where I get a chance to talk with people from around the world and from my own backyard about the things they love, careers they have, hobbies they enjoy, projects they're working on. And along the way, they tell us some wacky stories, and we get to play some games. Join us on the Convoluted Podcast, everywhere podcasts can be found. So you know, everybody would see you on TV, and then if he called you, the big thing was if he called you to sit down, because comedians would come do their bit, and then they would leave. But if Johnny Carson really if you liked got you, called to sit down, you got called to sit down. Your fucking life was made. You were you were in. Yeah, you and were. You were the bee's knees. You were the bee's knees. And, it, and you had to have material if he called you. So you had to have extra stuff, yeah, like right? For, yeah. So, um, and that, I think Letterman got to host sometimes. Letterman and, and Leno. And Leno. Yeah. Those guys. That was when Carson just, the, the certain point where Carson was like, yeah, I'm only coming three times a week. We got a guest host. Let, let these guys come <laughs> yeah, in. Let these let guys come the in. Yeah, let them do it all. <laughs> but we'll talk more about that, I guess, on our late night episode. Which, yeah, which when we're talking about late night and stuff. Yeah. But that was the, that was the, tr- that was her cell of the place was like, I'll groom you. I'll help you make, give you a place to work your act. And I'll give you a chance to get, you know, your, yourself in front of people who can give you exposure on a national scale. But I'm not paying you. Yeah. Funniest thing. And I and I heard this in a Robin Williams interview about the comedy store, or whatever. And he would have been a big star regardless because yeah. of just because Robin the Williams. amazing talent just that he Robin was. Williams, yeah. But anyways, he it wouldn't have he probably wouldn't have been found out until later if it actually wasn't for Jay Leno introducing him to her. Yeah. And basically, Leno's like, "This guy's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's." top and at that point especially at the comedy store leno was like one of the top comics in there like you couldn't like uh, and other comedians will say leno was one of the best that like, is joke the, for joke comedian that is the in that the, place well, amongst comedians he was known as one of the like the smartest best comedians and he was clean and he wasn't dirty or anything like and, that right but also everybody it is also the stick he gets beaten with because his Tonight Show wasn't all... Like, the person you see on the Tonight Show, on Jay Leno's Tonight Show, isn't the guy you saw on a comedy stage. He's very different. He built his show for Middle America as opposed to, like, L.A. or New York. Right, yeah. Um, And so a lot of people are like, he's sold out. And you know what? But he got the Tonight Show for almost, like, what, 20 yeah, years? Like more than 20 years. <laughs> guy so. basically ran, like, was the number one That just sounds like for jealous comedians. <laughs> hey, man. Sometimes, you, you know, there's, 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 there's the band you are when you're, on, when you're in an independent label and you're the band you are when you make that major record. Exactly. Right? So, anyways, and the way Mitzi ran the comedy store was, and it was, apparently it was, like, every Monday night, you'd have to audition for her. Right. And she would decide whether or not you stayed. Huh. <laughs> and she's like, okay. 
yeah, come back yeah. one more time. And she just keep watching every one of your your act, your, your, act, your acts yeah. and stuff. Just and it's it's amazing though how much. And if you look at old videos of comedians and stuff after every performance and stuff, how they're just polishing their their work there. Yeah, because I mean, much like wrestling, much like anything, you get better by doing. Yeah. Right? So. Uh, when we talked about wrestling, wrestling, a lot of wrestlers, you'll see a lot of wrestlers, they're not necessarily great when they come in, but they usually, that's what house shows are for. So they go on, you know, non-televised shows and they get better. Comedians see? do the same thing Just with touring. Like yeah. <laughs> Comedians do the same thing with, with their act. And one of the most yeah. amazing things to watch is watching other comedians watch comedians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I, I, have you watched the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling? No, but I'm going to have to. Okay. Speaking of, Shanley's come out of that yes. store too. Shanley's totally a comedy store guy, but um, uh, Judd Apatow, who I believe also came from the comedy store, but I might be wrong, um, did an entire thing, uh, did a two documentary, two like almost a four-hour documentary on, on Gary Shanley right. and his life and everything. And it's a wonderful documentary. It came out right after he unfortunately passed away. And um, at the end of it, they show Gary Shandling going back to do comedy. And the best part about it is he's working out his material. He's got all these papers and his notes and stuff. And you and the people in the back are Kevin Nealon, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> and I shit. think Colin Quinn. And they're all in the back watching him watch it, watching yeah. him work his material and fucking dying of the how good the material is. And how because they're all choosing different like they're they're like they're like hanging on his words. And it's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's awesome when you hear of like comedians collaborating. And the fact that you mentioned that mm-hmm. um, one year at JFL, I can't remember who it was we were seeing. But anyways, I just know that Pete Holmes was the opening act for the guy. Right. And uh, <laughs> so he's hanging out in in the wings of the of the, the theater that we're at. And just the the comedian drops his really good joke and it, it kind of this is an opener for pete holmes opposite okay pete, pete holmes, holmes opened opener. for okay, him okay. so the way jfl works right is you know uh you get to open or whatever but anyways or no sorry no you're right he opened for, for pete. pete holmes okay so pete hadn't come out yet yeah but all you could hear from <laughs> the stage from the wings in the stage is pete just howling <laughs> howling <laughs> And I don't know if you know Pete Holmes is active oh, ever. Yeah, I do. <laughs> he's loud as fuck. Yeah, I love Pete Holmes. <laughs> he's um, so wonderful, but like, I love how he laughs at his own stuff. <laughs> he does a lot of stuff that most comedians say you shouldn't do. Yeah. It's like it was like Jim, uh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey was the same way. Drew Carey used to fucking laugh at his own jokes all the time. <laughs> um, but that whole no pay thing then leads to. Um, you know, comedians going on strike. <laughs> again. Which apparently happened like nationwide. Yeah, well, so, because this was a thing. It was a it was a very, um, so the comedy stores was probably the biggest one, but all comedy clubs never paid their acts. They were all like, you're getting the time. And, you're and getting that, exposure. And in that regard, it's kind of like strip clubs. Because <laughs> strippers don't get paid to go on the dance floor. It's what they get afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, they it's what the they get from the, on, they pay yeah. a club to go on. It's up. what they get from lap dancing. Yeah, so it's a wild thing to think that the reason you're at this place, the people aren't getting paid. It's kind of like the NCAA and all their fucking bullshit. <laughs> fucking NCAA. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, so these comedians were while they were getting you know getting the training and getting the polishing and all that stuff, and even in some cases getting the living arrangements, um, they didn't. Uh, do you know what year they went on strike? The comedians went on strike. I think it was like nineteen seventy four. I'll yeah. double check that for you. So they these these comedians decided to go on strike, and I believe Mitzi was super against it. She felt personally betrayed by a lot of comedians, but because she was just like, "I was helping you grow," and you know, this is what you do to me. But those guys were like, "She's like, I'm not paying them a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying them a damn thing." And the, a lot of comedy clubs. Sorry, were, I was wrong. Oh. It was seventy nine. Okay, so wow. yeah, so not that long ago, really. Um, it's weird to think that like till seventy nine, comedians weren't getting paid. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Um. That's not 40 years ago. That's not 40 years ago. That's not that long ago. No. Um, And I think Leno, I know for a fact Leno and Letterman were on the picket lines, even though at that point they had become big enough that they could go anywhere and be paid at. There's like one story where Letterman finished up, I think it was hosting an episode of Tonight Show or whatever. And someone's like, oh, are you going to come to the party? No, no, I got to go pick it up. You got to go pick it. I gotta go pick it. <laughs> I don't have time for this. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and like, I, and the thing is, you hear stories of comedians who were like living in their cars and stuff, because they would drive down from whatever like small town that they were from. I mean, like, you know, Leno's from I think Leno's from Jersey. None of them from Boston. Boston, sorry. So Leno's from Boston. Fucking Letterman's from Indiana. Uh, and you know they they weren't they weren't from L.A. But they, you'd have and you'd have other comedians who were similar who. Funny enough that you mentioned Letterman mm-hmm. too is like who wasn't confident enough in his own material yeah. that Mitzi's like, no, you have to stay. Right. Like he literally. Yeah. He wanted to leave. He went to the comedy store with his shit packed. Yeah. In his car. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm heading out of your shit. I'm going to become a, I, I, I have a, I could be, cause he was a weatherman back home. Yeah. I, I and he's like, I'm going to go back and take that job. And they're like, no, <laughs> stay here. Trust me. There's so much Seriously, about there's like so much about she, Letterman and Leno that we'll cover again, but it's just yeah. nuts to see how much their lives have like intertwined, and where they ended up. Well, eventually. they were always good friends, they were like best right? friends, yeah. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> um, but the strike lasts for what? Did it last for a couple of years? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it, it it lasted for a while. Yeah. Um, I think everything sort of culminated when. Uh, Jay got hit with a car. What? He was fine. Right. So there's a whole instance at the comedy store, right? Like blood boiling and everybody's like freaking out or whatever. So somebody starts revving their engine and basically running their car at the front door and sort of drives at the picket line, apparently. Are these guys pro strike? I have no idea. Okay. So somebody's just revving their car like the fucking Raptors one. Uh, exactly. And then he just starts driving towards the front door. Oh, my God. And uh, Leno got clipped. Apparently, he was fine. Yeah. But everybody's like, okay, we need to settle yeah, this. This needs to be sorted. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. We almost just killed Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So they were just asking for pay. Was that basically it? Like basic They just wanted pay. pay. They, yeah. wanted, they wanted some... Uh, profit of the the house. So basically, right. what the house is like, whatever is brought in from you know, cover charge and stuff right. like that. And then, um, and basically, everybody knew if one store, if one 
comedy club did it, everybody would have to do it. Well, once um, the comedy store did it, everybody just followed. You suit. had to. Yeah, there was no to. way. Yeah, because they were like, "Yeah, no, we're if you're not gonna pay us, we're we're, we're not just, gonna go." Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, what was kind of I was mentioning the house before, and one of the things that was crazy about the house was what a fucking shit show that place was. Oh fuck! So basically, like every comedian that went through there, just. Uh, it was just basically like a, 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 it was either a whorehouse or it was, or it was a drug den. Like that was the like that's all you. It keep, was they would just have both. It was both, and you would go there, and that was a crazy thing. And you know who, the weirdest thing about this. So when the uh, the two comedians that came out around the same time and lived in this house at the same time were Sam Kennison and Andrew Dice Clay. And if you know anything about either of these comedians, they were very loud. They were very brash. They were very yeah. in your face. Um, unfor- and 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 weirdly enough, they were friends and were uh, helped each other with their work. Kinnison was actually a bouncer, or like a an MC at at the, the at store? the store at comedy store. Yeah, and like he never did an act until like one day he's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go up. And he just killed apparently, like right off the bat. Kinnison's act always felt very angry to me. <laughs> it's uh, like you know. I was like, I think another comedian goes up to me and goes, you, ha- you don't have any fear. How do you do this? Yeah. But this was the thing. So, Kinnison used to have these crazy parties at his oh, house. Yeah. At the at, house. At that house. At yeah. that house. He used to have these crazy parties. And him and Dice uh, really got into it one day. And Dice got kicked out. Dice decided, he's like, I can't do this anymore. And he left. Now, just really? Think, now, just think how bad this fucking party had to be. Like, Andrew Dice Clay. The fucking, like, machismo gimmick crazy which it, it, i know it's you, a gimmick it's it's straight up a gimmick i know it's a gimmick but yeah just think about that though think about how crazy that has to be to have a guy whose whole gimmick is like <laughs> i'm a fucking crazy motherfucker jim carrey and kinnison were like the best of friends really that's yeah. kind of new to me i know i know mark Marin and um, and sam kinnison were uh very like close they knew each other towards the end of it kinnison unfortunately sam kinnison unfortunately passed away in a, in a car accident in a car crash yeah um, in 92 yeah now, actually, there's a there's a weird story I read, and I will double check this while we're talking. But I'm gonna I'm gonna check this story just so Sam Kinison used to have a buddy. Yes, so Sam Kinison used to have a buddy. who was another comedian, right? And Sam Kinison used to basically party all through the night, and him and this buddy had a very good like close relationship. And uh, basically, the Sam Kinison used to party all through the night, and then at like in the mornings, go to this guy's house and fall asleep over there, like go sleep there, <laughs> and. It wasn't until a few years later that this guy found out that his first kid was actually Sam Kinison's kid. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> you crazy motherfucker. Yeah, but, like, well, when I say they used to, go, used to go to this guy's house and sleep, I mean, he used to go to this guy's house and sleep in his bedroom, not like a guest room or something. <laughs> he just used to sleep yeah, in his room. Yeah. Oh, and then I guess one day he came home and he's like, well, I'm just going to have sex with your wife, too. Oh, since I'm she's here. here. Yeah. I'm here. Might Jesus. as well do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we're kind of in the last little throws of our podcast, and we've gone, <laughs> we've talked a lot, a little bit about a little bit about everything, but nothing in more specifics. That's true. But I wanted to talk about this because Tash was going to talk about it before Manny took her wherever the fuck he took her. Um, don't tell me he's like you know doing the scene from Game of Thrones. I, I'm not saying nothing. I hope not. He's he's doing the scene with a dragon. 
Um, you pick it. <laughs> um, uh, so th- we wanted to talk about. We were going to talk about joke stealing, right? And I have certain. <laughs> you got like a face. You're making a face. Wait. I don't like it. You guys say that, and then I, you and Tash have been going on about fucking maritime law forever. That's straight up <laughs> joke That's stealing. different, though. It's joke stealing at 100%. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's very different. Um, I'm not making any money off of it. That doesn't mean anything. because <laughs> you're not making money off of it doesn't mean you're not stealing it. Yeah. That's what Mencia would say. So okay, so the idea the thing here is he's not gonna, making any more we're money. Ta- we're gonna talk about Carlos Mencia. Yeah. No, okay, you can make a face all you want. No, it's you're a, the it's thing. the truth. It it happened. The, you gotta talk about Carlos Mencia. He was a comedian in the in the early two thousands. Uh like Latino Latin, yeah, Latino I think he was of Mexican yeah. descent. Manuel fucking loves him, so that should tell you everything. You <laughs> that need to explains. Know. So Had his TV much. show on Comedy Central called "The Mind of Mencia." Yeah, and was accused by basically everybody in the fucking world of of yeah. stealing jokes. Yeah, man, like everybody. So, okay, so there was a video. So the the story with with Joe Rogan was uh was Carlos Mencia on stage. When this happened? Yeah, yeah so apparently Carlos Mencia so, uh, is on stage. Go, go, yeah, go. so uh, I was watching the video earlier. So here's Carlos Mencia on stage, and Joe Rogan just comes up and just accuses him and, like, straight like on up stage. on stage. Right. And he's like, dude, you steal fucking jokes. <laughs> like, straight up. And, like, somebody in the crowd's, like, trying to, like, no, man, he's funny. He goes, yeah, he's fucking funny because he's stealing other people's shit. <laughs> like, just straight up. And what's Mencia saying? I mean, he's like, oh, they're fucking jealous. You're fucking jealous. Da, yeah, da, da, yeah, this yeah. and that. And the other thing, right? Like Joe Rogan like goes, like one of his buddies, I think his, the comedian's name is Ari Schaefer. He goes, you just fucking stole Ari's bit over there. Ari Schaefer's got a great show called This Is Not Happening. Yeah. It's on, uh, well, it was on MTV. It's on, I think it's on Crave as well. Now you can check out a few episodes. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, and that is in a lot of, I mean, George... George Lopez was oh, on yeah, no. Howard Stern and yeah, totally like yeah, Lopez was right? on George Lopez, the other Gilo, <laughs> as he refers to himself, was um <laughs> the, the fucking owner of Lowrider apparently. <laughs> Dude, I love I love that. It's like that's his opening. That's how he walks into shows. <laughs> he doesn't even have an opening act. It's just Lowrider. Fucking guys from Low who made Lowriders kids into like college man. <laughs> the modern time kids into yeah, college. Modern time he point. uses that fucking song. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, he's on the Howard Stern show. And, you know, Howard's like, yeah, so you, you don't like that guy, right? So, uh, you know, yeah, you got like a feud with him and stuff. And, you know, George Lopez is trying to be somewhat diplomatic about it. And he tells this story about, I think it was, I think he was hanging out with Cheech Marin. Okay. Or something like that, right? And I I don't know the accuracy of that comment. But anyways, right. so they're hanging out and they're watching, you know, Mencia's HBO special. And like, I think George Lopez actually was with a few friends and they clocked it and it was about 13 minutes of a potentially hour special of a potentially yeah. hour special. That was all of George Lopez's Jesus. materials. Now, 13 minutes. That's a full fucking set. in so, okay. In so, like, I don't know how many clubs across America and Canada, anywhere in the yeah, world. That's yeah. a full set. Okay. So here's my question to you. Now, Mencia, we all... We can all, uh, at least two of us. I've never found. I've never really liked Carlos Mencia. Mencia's never liked stuff. His stuff. Manny fucking loves it, and to to each their own. But 
you know. It, uh, but, I'll be honest, the like they're like it's it's funny because he just he likes to play on that race card a lot. Now I like George Lopez's stuff. Yeah, which is funny that I say that considering you know. According to the story I literally just told, Mencia stuff is, is Lopez's, Lopez's stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I'm sort of, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know if I care so much about Carlos Mencia, but I know for sure, like, all this joke stealing stuff has affected my opinion on him because I've heard uh, so many people say this about him, right? Well, some have also said, too, that if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, there were so many comedy clubs opening, and again, this is sort of like the, um, the, the effect that the comedy store had on the comedy, comedy landscape. Scene. Yeah. That now everybody's like, we got to open up a fucking comedy club. Yeah. It's an easy way to make fucking money. Yeah. And right? that, and that blew up so much too in the eighties that like, if you were a semi decent comedian, if you were kind of funny, kind of funny, you would get TV deals. Like you would get a sitcom deals. It was the reason why so many comedians had TV shows in the like late eighties and nineties. And they weren't even that funny. No, they fucking just hand those, uh, handed those out. And then Seinfeld basically just went and like changed the game on how you do those things. And then eventually HBO, I think, was like, okay, we're gonna give, we're gonna give comedians uh, with a story an idea. We're gonna um, give good comedians yeah. an idea now. But <laughs> but you're right. Like they were so big, there would be so many comedy clubs. You it can't police just, all the comedy clubs. Well, not so. just that. It's just the market became so oversaturated, and you didn't have to be very good. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's and that's where the whole like joke stealing thing sort of blew up. Blew up, I guess. Right. right? Now, okay. So here's my thing about the joke stealing thing. So there's the Mencia thing, right? I uh, during Dane Cook's big like monster run in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, was a big Dane Cook fan. I had I think I owned I, two. I, I will admit I loved a lot of Dane yeah, Cook same. stuff. Like I, I owned, really uh, I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, I think I owned two of his CDs and then and I listened to them in like ad, ad nauseum and then I went to his big like um show at the what was then called ACC. Here. Was the one in the round? Yeah. 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 I went to that show. Um I'm still owed money for one of the tickets from that show, but we'll, we'll get back on that. Fuck you, Manny's cousin. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, is that the one comedy show Manny's been to? <laughs> no, no. I bought his. I bought him a ticket. He didn't go. I gave it to his, his cousin. Was like, yeah, I'll buy. I'll I'll take it, but I'll I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back like a little bit later. I'm like, all right, as long as you pay me back. A little bit later never, is yeah. 25 years. Well, we're, we're very we're close. close. We're getting close to that it's number. At least 20 years. Now. Yeah. 100, what's 165 plus inflation? Inflation. <laughs> Anyways, we went to that show. One of that show it was fucking great. He had the crowd in the palm of his hands, and and honestly, seeing a comedian do a show to like thirty thousand people or twenty thousand people is kind of impressive. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but he got charged with a lot of like joke stealing stuff, and in particular it was Louis C.K. And they did an episode of Louis' show where they sort of hash it out, like on on Louis. Where oh, they was sort of, was Dane Cook on it? Dane Cook was on it. So basically, in that show. In the episode, Dane Cook, uh, Louis' daughter wants to go see Dane Cook's show, and they can't get tickets, and so he has to basically come to, to Dane to ask him for tickets. <sighs> and Dane Cook's like, "Yo, I'll give you the tickets, but like, you need to you stop telling people." I'm but you know, you kind of have to apologize, yeah, because he was just like, you know, yeah, maybe I stole a joke or two. Like we had the same idea of a joke, but you know, I don't know if you can just like talk shit about me everywhere you go <laughs> yeah so but that's like but and, and i see that's like sort of the difference between dane cook and carlos mencia where it seems like it was just this one comedian saying it right 
right? Where Carlos Mencia, there's like fucking a lot of yeah. comedians. I think with it. Dane Cook, the problem with him was he had the stealing thing that just everybody jumped on. And then he was so successful that he sort of let the success get to his head for a bit. And he became kind of like a little douchey, douchey dude. A little douchey. Uh, <laughs> the, again, I think that was his whole bit. It was the, it was the, it was the early 2000s. We were all douchey. It was his whole okay. bit. Ed Hardy was a regular shirt you could wear everywhere. And it was okay. <laughs> everybody was wearing now, Ed Hardy shirts. So here's my question to you about this. So, okay. So you got and Dane Cook. Yes, I did own it. Edge Hardy shirt. Edge Hardy. <laughs> Ooh, that'd yeah. be interesting. Um, okay, so Dane Cook, kind of a douche, and so people. Were but like, that was his bit. That was yeah. his bit. But again, yeah. you would. It was easy to like once the sort of the the big six. You know, as is most North American culture, when you're super successful, everybody likes you, and then when you get to the top, everyone's like, "He's a fucking asshole." We need Amy to Schumer. knock him down. A- and Amy Schumer, uh, Dane Cook. Um, they do it to Kevin all Hart, the comedians, right? They, like to all of them. Yeah. So and not comedians, anybody. <laughs> it took 50 you're alone years on but that one. it took 50 you're years but they did it <laughs> no I, I, you're not getting the okay point. no okay. um but but here's my question so okay so now i was a friend with the person who was a comedian she did a lot of comedy comedy acts and then eventually like uh she was our a manager in one of the departments i worked with and she had told me this thing and i've looked it up and it's true a lot of people. There was a point in time where a lot of people would accuse Robin Williams of comedy, of really? joke stealing. And Robin Williams' whole thing was, he was very open about it. If you were a comedian, there was a point where you, if you were a comedian in in Robin Williams' like super successful point of time, where if you walked up to Robin Williams and said, "I think that was my joke you just stole," Robin Williams would be like, "That's clearly uh, I I must have heard you say it somewhere and it just stayed in my subconscious." Here's a thousand bucks. <laughs> See? <laughs> like, I'll pay you for it. That's right? the way to do it, though. <laughs> if you have the money. Carlos Mencia should have just started shelling yeah. out cash. But then he could do whatever the right? fuck he wanted. I guess, I guess that's the sort and of... And he had the money with the yeah. fucking Mind of Mencia show and yeah, HBO but, but, special. But here's the thing. But I'm just saying, like, so does your opinion of joke stealing uh, change? Uh, does it change a little bit when you have a guy like Robin Williams who maybe isn't intentionally stealing your jokes because that was the that was the other side of things where people were like yeah he might be stealing the jokes but what he is saying is fucking way funnier than the way you would have said it because he's a funny guy like his mind was, he was fucking brilliant let's, like let's not joke around no, he no, was there's brilliant. no fucking there's yeah no ifs ands or buts about it. robin williams is just on another level and um, like okay, so the Dane Cook, C- Louis C.K. thing. There's a whole bit about Dane Cook naming his kid after um, a transformer, right? Oh, and, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And Louis C.K. has the same sort of bit, and I've heard both bits. And I like like here's the thing. I like Louis C.K.'s material, and you know, time has unfortunately ruined both of them. <laughs> 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 One worse than the other. One worse yes. than the other. But yeah, time has just ruined both of them. But like, I like Louis C.K. But I thought Dane Cook's bit was better. Fuck yeah, because it matched. I could imagine that Dane Cook was a guy who was like, you know, a kid watching. Transformers, yeah, and then yeah, naming yeah. his child after the Transformers. Louis C.K. I don't think would have ever even seen Transformers. Maybe they're the same age, and I don't know. <laughs> it's like you and another person, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but similar to this, like I think with the Robin Williams, you know, it like. But okay, the fact that you say that, I think that's where the difference is, and the fact that you know, the fact that it, it gets sort of quote unquote hashed out on. 
Louis. Yeah. Right. Shows that, you know, they've that Louis has actually properly approached him. I think and it, they've had and the conversation had been had. I think enough right? uh, by that point that by that point Dane's sort of star had sort of like fallen regardless but the well. conversation so, was had by the two of probably. them enough for Dane to, to agree to come on the show. Yeah. The difference with Mencia Mencia is he would basically say he would deny it deny it deny it. Yeah. And that was the difference, right? Yeah, and I, think I mean, with hell, Robin Williams, he's just like, well, maybe it was in my psyche somewhere, right? Like, he's and Robin Williams, like, yeah, maybe, maybe I heard it and thought it was hilarious, and I'm sorry, yeah, right? I, I think, and, and that's and that's sort of the difference there. Like, the fact that Carlos Mencia was like choked out by George Lopez for stealing material, <laughs> I think, and I, you know what I think? I also think is, it also is mindset because if you you you'll probably listen when you're probably seeing Robin Williams say a joke that you wrote. And he said it or whatever, and you go up to him and you're like, "Hey, man, that's my joke." And he he's like, "I'm sorry." He's fully capable. You're probably also looking at Robin Williams, the successful actor, the Oscar-nominated actor at that point, right? You're looking at the brilliance that was Robin Williams. No, but right? but here's the thing. But no, no. But I'm saying at the the time period is important here, because there's a br- chances are Robin Williams was brilliant all through his run. So you're not you're not looking at you're not looking at pre Mork and Mindy Robin Williams. You're looking at maybe. Somewhere around the mid eighties, but Williams. the argument can be said, and again, this is probably all being said based off the fact that of what we know now about Robin Williams in terms of just how brilliant he actually was, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But like, look, it's I'm, like you could see it. Yeah, but hold on, let me finish my point here. So okay, I'm just sorry. like, okay, so you're looking at Robin Williams, the successful actor, the comedian, whatever, and you're just like, okay, so that's him, and he's already famous. He's already done the work, right? Right. You're looking yeah. at Louis C.K. and Dane Cook. Who at that point Dane Cook ha- Dane Cook's star has risen and is sort of like plateauing. Louis C.K. and this is maybe the third season of Louis at that point. He is known as a brilliant comedian. He's really popular in the comedy comedy uh, comedy world. Mm. And now the mainstream is starting to like really get, really get behind Louis. Yeah. So Louis' mindset now is like I'm hitting this. I'm in. I'm in a successful place. I don't need to fight for these jokes that he may or may not have stolen. Right, and he's successful, and he's whatever. So, like, we're in a better place. When the Mencia thing happened, I think you're looking at a Joe Rogan, who at the time was kind of like people were like, the guy from news radio is a comedian and a UFC commentator now, and all these other comedians and like yeah, Mencia, Joe Rogan was doing was doing. I don't even know if Mencia actually stole Rogan stuff, but Rogan whatever. knew. Yeah. And right. Ari Schaefer wasn't like the name that may a lot may have never happened. Like a lot, of, even now, a lot of people don't know Ari. Schaefer. If you're not, if you're not like a com- comedy nerd, yeah. you don't know Ari. So Schaefer. you're looking at you're you're looking at a bunch of comedians who have written had their jokes stolen by a guy who then used it to become successful, right? Yeah. So now it's worse. Now, like your joke was stolen by you're basically somebody stole your work to become successful. Well, yeah. Right. That's where the sort of joke stealing thing becomes like offensive, <laughs> right? It's not offensive when Robin Williams does it because you're like, well, if he never said it, he was still successful. He was successful during that time. If he said it during the time before Mark and Minnie, then you're like, maybe there's something weird here. Right. He's right? just, yeah. He's, he's using his brilliance and stealing other people's work to get to where he needs to get to. But he's already popular, so my joke maybe might just help. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, 
you know, and then the Dane and he Cook, just gave me a thousand dollars for yeah. accidentally stealing yeah. a joke. And the Dane Cook, <laughs> the Dane Cook Louis C.K. thing is so like weirdly intercourse that they're probably at different points in their lives. They probably Korea. almost set it up. Who yeah. knows? Fuck. Well, <laughs> definitely set it up for the show, right? And the, yeah, but the Mencia thing because he's not admitting it because he's not thinking it's become like a it became such a big thing. He was really combative yeah. about it too. That doesn't help. Yeah, and that is the thing, sort of with. I mean, going back to our last month with wrestling, there's a big thing in wrestling called gimmick infringement, where you steal, you use somebody else's gimmick to become, you know, to try and put yourself over. This is a weird wrestling comedy mashup, but and it I is. Love but it. there's a lot of like these side things that have similarities to them, odd similarities that people don't like. People think, you know, and it's the same thing with art. People think they can just take a picture off the internet and post it and say like, "Oh, cool," I, you know, I'm just, I'm sharing your art. Like the amount of times you hear people say. Oh, the exposure is what's important. <laughs> Can't feed my family yeah. with exposure. Oh, the amount of people looking at art and, or looking at comedians and go, well, that's not anything. I could have done that. Well, you don't understand how hard it is to do that, to write that joke. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a documentary called Comedian that follows Jerry Seinfeld post, um, post Seinfeld. Right. And it follows another uh, comedian named Orny something. I can't remember his name. I'll 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 post it online. I think I may yeah. have seen this. And yeah. he he's sort of starting up, and you watch, you watch the two of them do it. You know, the watch the two of them work their material out. But like Jerry Seinfeld, is it Orny Adams? Yes, it is Orny Adams. And uh, you watch, you watch Seinfeld. You watch him tell a joke that is funny, and then rework that joke so many times because he's picking out the perfect words to say. To make that joke hit at the right time, you know, and it's there's so much work in putting like crafting a great joke. Well, Eddie Murphy said specifically yeah. about Seinfeld on comedians and cars. Eddie yeah. Murphy has said one thing that he always loved about Jerry Seinfeld is that he was just so polished. Yeah, his act was always perfect. Yeah, even while he was working, yes. working it. Yeah, yeah, and so you see these guys, and, and a lot of and the best comedians do that. They put they work out such good they have to work out every single word of that joke to make it happen which is kind of why i think eddie to go on eddie yeah. and we're gonna sort of end things off pretty yeah. soon but to go on with eddie murphy right that is why he hasn't come back yet to do a stand-up he has a lot going on i think you know even when he showed up on snl 40 a few years ago the 40th anniversary episode uh, Lauren basically said, "Hey, just go out there and do, do what whatever." You do. And he he felt a little uncomfortable. You could tell he, he felt. They a little said uncomfortable. He, they, there was a lot of press written about how um, he had like panic attacks before going out there. He was so scared. Uh, yeah, you know. So it'll be interesting. He's going to be on SNL this season in a month, in a few weeks. Actually, there's um, and I'm excited about that because that's going to be great. And he has a good, Netflix special coming. Good out Good friend of the podcast, Josh. Dancer Josh? Dancer Josh right. showed me a video and I might and I think I'm going to share it where I his I think I think I'm going to share it. We'll see. <laughs> no, but um he gets he receives a Mark Twain award. Right. And he for comedy. For comedy. Yeah, that's a big uh, yeah. Yeah. And he kills with oh. his acceptance speech and it's hilarious. He he does his Cosby impression and yeah. just rips Bill Bill apart and just because he hates Cosby. <laughs> he, he, like and again, in Canadians, he explains in, it in, Co- he, he yeah. in that show. Oh fuck! Look who's at the door. Oh my god, that's fucking scary. That is, it's it's open. 
come in. He doesn't know how to use the door. <laughs> We're talking about Manny here. That's creepy Uncle Manny's That's at the door. He scared the Manny shit out of us. showed up. And, uh... Yeah, Manny, come on in. We're actually oh, just wrapping up. Done. You You timed this terribly. Or perfectly. Or perfectly here. Say... Say hello. Say hello, folks. Hello, folks. There we go. Keep talking. So, how are you guys? Well, we're <laughs> good. Well, we've gotten past that yeah, point in the yeah, show, but yeah. I know. So we're, we're at our what could be an hour for unedited. Yeah, oh, we've I decided see. to show up. Did you guys talk Rodney Dangerfield at the no, comedy store? At, he may have done a few, he shows, did a few shows. Actually, there's all there's no, a funny thing about that main room. Yeah. that he mentions Rodney Dangerfield. Um. When uh, Mitzi got the big room there, right? Yeah. She planned it so that way, you know, the the fucking major, like the stars of the day, like the the old timey comics, you know, like Don Rickles, uh, Milton Berle, all those guys, you know, maybe they'll come and play at you know her her place, so that way, you know, fans of comedy her age would want to go, yeah, come to the store, right? Yeah. And uh, they all turned her down. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and when asked why, they're like, yeah, this would take away from our sales in Vegas. Because <laughs> if an L.A. audience can see us here, they're not they going to come. come all they're the not going to come to Vegas to see us. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, it's insane. Right. That's funny. <laughs> Damn. Oh, well. So I'm going to say this. It's hasn't been much different, you know, with Manny being in the room or not on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've clearly forgotten what it's like for Manny to be in the room. Yeah, no, he he's not looking at his phone right now. That's yeah. the only difference. Anyways, and you could not, lift that. And there's not heavy breathing. Uh, there we go. There okay. it is. Okay. So next week, I think uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about late night. Is that sort of where we're going? I think we'll do um, the classic comedians a bit. You know, do classic comedians, and hard? then we'll end off the month with late. Okay, night. cool. Yeah. So we've clearly had this plan. <laughs> we, um, we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. What on a this shock! Oh know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Listeners of this podcast will be shocked to hear that. <laughs> shocked and appalled. Um, okay, so I think we. Uh, and actually, next week, because by the time you're listening to this. On the weekend, we're gonna have Joey do a, a takeover. Of yes, our, I will be posting a bunch of stuff. He's gonna he's gonna go JFL crazy. Yeah, I um, I think I I might take the Friday off. Let work. and let's rest. Like everybody, rest assured, Matt, Joey's takeover is not a Manny takeover. So you shouldn't see like one picture like a robot like the corner is of it, somebody's eye. Is it gonna be <laughs> like a robot? Yeah. Is it gonna? <laughs> is fuck you? <laughs> have we dropped an F bomb this episode yet? I'm sure we have. But, hey, buddy. Well, we talked about you, so we must have. Yeah. Um, also, actually, before we end this up, I'm going to end this up probably, but if you want to see the inside of the mind of a mad, insane person, follow our Twitter account. Manny has been posting things on there, and nobody understands what's going on. I, I, so it's no inner ball. I'm it, uh, frightened. It's, it's twitter.com slash no inner pod. You can find, it, find us at no inner pod. And uh, yeah, I, nobody's entirely sure what's going on or where it's happening. Or I'm not even this sure. Thing. Well, that's that much clear. Um, <laughs> You're so, the yeah. one posting. You son of a bitch. <laughs> there you go. I'm like if a bot was cheaply made. You're like a person who's cheaply made. 
That was mean. <laughs> you're like, a do me a favor, Joe. Can you can you throw in the, like the so badoom? Mean. Yeah, you're like, you're that like, was so mean. I I, oh, I was gonna make a meter joke. Oh, okay, please continue. Yeah. <laughs> you're like in the return items the day after Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I come? <laughs> it's something your many wives have said. <laughs> Why did he come? He came so soon. And this 15 one. minutes is a good time. Yeah. And statistically speaking, is it 15 minutes is good with about four to five inches is good. None of us have ever had to check the stats on it, but sure. <laughs> Chances are you have to do it if you don't I'm, think it's all that I'm great. I'm above average. I'll if, say that. If you think 15 minutes is good, I pity your wives. Okay. I'm t- it's <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody wants an hour and a half either, but <laughs> you sometimes know. it's a good time. All right. Calm down. I've seen you run. <laughs> <laughs> I said sometimes. <laughs> okay, let's end this because it's getting. You instantly showed up here and made it gross, and we did a whole conversation about porn at the top of this thing. We did yeah. actually. Anyways, uh, uh, so we'll be back next week with classic comedians and hopefully a full house. Uh, I'm Dwayne Narona. I'm Joey Mangione, and uh, coming for the end of this, which is, is always the facts. Is creepy Uncle Manny. Creepy Uncle Manny. The creepiest of uncles. The creepiest of uncles. All Follow Twitter. Them. Yeah. All right. So we will see you next week. And uh, do not choose combo number five. Unless you're Tash. Wait a minute. Where is Tash? <laughs> <laughs>